1: You need to know exactly where your food's coming from.
2: That's the the clientele that buy the menu every week, keeping your eyes open and your ear to the ground, essentially, and listening to what people are growing. The integrity, that that provenance, that ability to not just know where something came from, but to really know the the ins and outs of how it was raised, mm-hmm. is really important. G'day and welcome to another Quicksand Food Connection podcast. This is the Capital Cookbook 3 edition and my name is Stefan Postuma. Today I speak with Carlos from Mr. Papa in Braddon, in the Hamlet. Mr. Papa is a Peruvian street food vendor. They've got a number of mobile units which they take around to different events in Canberra. They do corporate functions, they do weddings, and they've got a permanent base there in the Hamlet. Carlos makes fantastic Peruvian street food. There's all different types of flavors going on. And it's a type of cuisine that really isn't found much in Canberra. So they've definitely been embraced in a big way. Carlos has a background in working in fine dining in one of the world's best restaurants in Peru, in Lima. So he brings a little bit of Japanese fusion into what he does, which is one of the two dishes that they gave us for the Capital Cookbook 3. I found it really interesting talking to Carlos about how Peruvian cuisine has been perceived in Canberra and about how the business started up. So I hope that you also enjoy my conversation with Carlos from Mr. Papa in Braddon.
0: Started in 2013 uh, as being part of the Multicultural Festival. Uh, The name of the Mr. Papa comes from the dish that the only dish we sold on that day that was a stuffed potato, one of the the ones that we ch- showcase today which is yeah. a stuffed potato with different fillings so Papa in Spanish means potato yeah so and we were just looking for a short name saying like uh, talking to friends and we were like oh someone came up with it Mr. Papa I would say oh look yeah it's short people will remember it so we wanted to come up with a little brand saying that we are Peruvian yeah but not just saying opening a tent and say yes we Peruvian food because it's you know, it's too wide. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we wanted to focus on the street food based on experiences that we went through, childhood in general, especially because we come from a family that it's been in this industry for such a long time. And right. that's where we grew up. So
2: Right. So your family had restaurants and stuff in uh,
0: A big catering uh, business yeah, back okay. in... from the nineteen sixty till probably... So it was the end of the 2010-ish, yeah, it was a family business since we were like six or eight years old, we were involved there, Yeah. doing the purchasing, uh, taking tickets, uh, checking how the waiters used to work, uh, cleaning, mopping, yep. so there was a big function uh, room. And yeah, so like it was a family thing, but at the same time, I think somehow we... We were pushed to do it professionally Mm -hmm. because of all the standards that my grandpa had set up for everyone. So, no one was like, you know, like you could deal with your uncle being your boss, but at the same time, you knew that you wouldn't do your job decently because otherwise that would affect the business for the family as well. Of course. But look, all came along as fun and that's a reason why as well I decided to study hospitality management right so did it in Peru uh, for about five years then traveling everywhere doing an internship uh, for hotel management in the US working for Hilton hotels Um, went back to Peru Worked with a friend of mine together with a project called Maido Uh Uh, it's a Japanese restaurant that showcases knee cake cuisine which is the fusion of Japanese and Peruvian food. Right. And yeah that we started that project back in two thousand ten. And luckily this restaurant is now in thirteenth position on San Pellegrino's worldwide. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's a big pride for yeah, for, sure. for the ones that we know how we started on that project. And unfortunately I had to leave that because of Studies here yeah. to study my master's degree and working for a hotel. Yeah. but don't regret because if I wouldn't come, I wouldn't have Mr. Papa. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so
2: you were you were there at the multicultural festival selling this one original product. Yeah. It must have had you know lots of sales. I'm assuming like a lot of people come through and taste <laughs> your food, and that's where the idea to sort of continue the business in a yeah. in a different way happened.
0: Yeah. Well, it was more of process of learning to be honest, right? Because we thought, Oh, yeah, we're just gonna sell food and we're gonna have fun. Obviously, we did it with all our best in terms of like quality and product and love that you put into it when yep. and what you do. Uh, but we were unprepared to be honest, yeah, yeah. So well, always we were, are. <laughs> yeah, we were <laughs> like, off. Oh, yeah, we're just gonna sell. I think we were like, We went through 600 or 700 serves thinking that, Oh, wow, it's gonna be a lot. We didn't do a proper budget. We didn't do a proper backup plan if we were sell out. So no. it was like, oh, like more like fun. A bit of a stress in the middle, but the thing that I can't regret is seeing people or meeting people, per, 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 people meeting Peruvian food for the very first time. Yeah, okay. So seeing it, tasting it, and asking you more questions about it, and then that's what I think encourage us to keep going and say, "Okay, look, there's some market there's some people who like doing it at uh, that time I had a full-time job
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know how if you ask me now how I did it because <laughs> I had a full-time job working at a hotel as a hotel manager I had a new baby coming through the same month as well and I had mr. Papa together with so yeah you gotta you gotta be a bit crazy yeah, yeah you do, to do it. <laughs> so, but yeah then things came along but yeah all good
2: and um, and so, what was the first move then? Like, when you, when you decided, all right, well, I want to make a business out of this, I want to put more things on the menu, like, yeah. did you sort of think food truck straight away?
0: Oh, I did, actually. I did think about food truck. That was one of sort of, like, my dreams when yep. I always, when I, when I used to work in hotels and stuff, but then came across not having a proper budget to do it, so... And I was like, I had my budget for studies, I had budgets for family, for a house, but obviously not a big budget. And at the same time, I wouldn't, I don't want to bother family, friends or anyone. So I was saying like, okay, look, uh, somehow after being, I mean, after stopping service for a few months, I received a call asking me for a catering. Mm -hmm. out of like oh yeah we met you at the multicultural festival and we tried your food and i was like i always like saying yes to everything and then i figure out how i do it yeah (laughs) so this call was from the head chef of the national gallery of australia uh, wanted us to cater the whole event, gold and the Incas, which right. was a four-month event. Wow! <laughs> yes, <Yeah. Jesus. laughs> it's like okay. So, are you able to start with a 800 with the opening party? I say, yeah, why not? How many people? 800. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we will do it. So, it's how we how we started, and then I say, okay, I'm gonna quit my job. But then my wife was like, stop what you're doing think what you're going to do it's not like you because you're going to have four months of contract means that you're going to have the business running mm. do a proper plan do the setup so yeah we managed to do it and that's I think that was the break point yep. think about it uh, mm. thanks to having this contract somehow even though it wasn't that much profits, but I had some money saved mm. and allowed me to buy a truck yep. so it was funny because I put it in the my bank account it wasn't even officially oh yeah sorry it was officially business because we had to do this thing but then I was just looking for a truck 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 food truck everywhere and some one day I found a truck on country that was in Sydney so I was working and I told my wife okay look if I get there by before 6 p.m. which is before sunset summertime I remember clearly it means that the truck is mine So I get into the truck, didn't know anything about mechanics. I just pretended that I knew everything. So it's just like check, check, check. All I knew is that I had my money in the pocket, cash. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) The guy didn't even know, I was crazy. So I went there and the guy was like, yeah, well, it's yours. And then after paying him the money, I found out that the truck was going just no more than 45 k's per hour. (laughs) So (laughs) it was all out. Oh, it's... It was a whole experience. Then we came back from Sydney to Canberra. Took us nearly seven hours. And then here yeah, we did the proper job. So yeah. yeah, then even the budget wasn't enough. So I blew, up, I blew up my credit card, put all the credit card thing. My wife, everyone, my family was telling me that I was crazy because I did it without telling anyone. So I said, <laughs> I didn't want to cause any troubles. But look, I say what I used to tell everyone and I used to tell my wife mainly this thing someday will pay off trust yeah. me yeah I'm not doing it because I'm doing it because I love it yeah but it's a feeling it's a feeling and I think I'm attached to it somehow and I think like the experience that I had in my childhood helped me to learn and understand that a business is the way it goes so like sometimes you're on the top sometimes you're on the ground but somehow you have to have a starting point yeah exactly and yeah that's and cool. that's how it started
2: <laughs> I know that's great and it's that type of that type of attitude and willingness to just make take a few risks that, that brings brings about things like that and it happens yeah. in, you know it happens to me and, and it's just the decision you know it's yeah. just at one point you make a decision alright exactly. I'm gonna do it and then look here we are is the truck is the truck in front of us here at the Hamlet the original truck yeah the so one, this one's the original truck the original truck, truck and
0: that's <laughs> the one we always wanted to, to keep in here even though it's not big in terms of uh, facilities for cooking inside, but it's good enough. It's cozy enough for three yeah. Peruvian-sized stuff. <laughs> three Peruvians. <laughs> so yeah. Three Peruvians. A couple and of Australians. Yeah. We have some. We've got um, friends that work with us Yeah. Uh, from uh, from here. We've got people from everywhere, actually, from yeah. Africa. we got people from Brazil. So, look, it's all about the melting pot but also sharing and learning it's it's so nice trust me when like i've got a girl 15 years old she loves tennis right like she's i think she plays internationally and uh, professionally but she gets so involved with peruvian culture that it's nice when she's when someone asks her about the chilies and she's like oh we've got this yellow chili type we've got this red chili type and then you can cook this with this trust me and I can cook that at home as well and she's like look Carlos I've been learning and teaching every I mean and teaching all my friends and it's fun it's nice because all her friends from school yeah they also want to work with us no? yeah, that's so, right. <laughs> yeah and it's like oh that's awesome so yeah, yeah look that's that's why I say it's showcasing the culture yeah what makes me sure. very happy yep
2: yeah and I mean such an important thing to Peruvian people is their food because it's quite, you know, it's a dis- distinct cuisine, and street food's such a big part of, you know, Peruvian culture as well. Like yeah. from my travels there, you can't walk down the street without there being something to buy, something interesting that you might that you might want to eat. Exactly. And that's and, and as you said, like it all sort of came together. But you know, there's not much um, Latin American food available in Canberra. Not as much. Mm. So. And, and people like it, you know, and their and flavors that people, people love, especially street food at a place like the Hamlet or other events in Canberra, it sort of fits in perfectly, I think. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And I reckon Canberra, it's in the position of growing and generating more ideas, like Canberra people. Mm. So some I don't know, something must happen like two or three years ago. Mm. When, like, we all realized, I consider myself as part of Canberra now, yep. been living here for five years, and it's like, look, we've got all the tools to do it. Yep. There's no reason why we wouldn't be able to open a proper restaurant as Melbourne, as Sydney, or as any other city in the world, as well as the other culture. Like, developing a street culture, developing a food culture, it was all up in us. So, and I think we get into the right direction. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And... There's a there's a public in Canberra who loves to support it as well. Yeah, you know, and things like the Hamlet, like this sort of thing. I mean, how long's the Hamlet been here for? Oh, uh,
0: he been Three here years? for no, two no, years? no 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 nearly two years, a yeah. year and a half. To About two
2: checked. years. Yeah. There was nothing there was nothing available in Canberra like it before. And one of my favourite things to do, if I want to go go out and have a, have a fun night with some friends, have some drinks, is to come to the Hamlet. You know, you can buy six pack of beers and a bottle of wine from across the road. Bring it here. You've got food that's under fifteen dollars for dinner. Yeah. Start your night off here. Everyone gets to choose something differently. You can all share, and it's a it's a really that's cool a nice environment. Thing. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah.
0: And that's why we always, even when we get customers that they're regulars, we always encourage them to try things for different food stands. Yeah, exactly. So it's like oh one day they come and Greek and they share with us they, the other day they get pizzas and that's that's the whole idea about the hamlets. So a little little village with the uh, you know with intention to share food and as you say you come with friends you don't eat by yourself you share what you have on your on your table and yeah. that's idea. Yeah. And food that you eat with your fingers mostly. Exactly. But it's nice, you know. Yeah, and it's
2: high quality <laughs> and I I mean you know it's not just it's not it's it's innovative and interesting food from all around the world and yeah. when you when you've got such a selection to choose from you know it's such a great place to go yeah um, but not only so not only the hamlet you guys also have a couple of trucks that, that you send around to different events
0: yeah we've got another truck which is the one that goes for events and pop-ups yeah so sort of like the business has branched out in three lines we've got the hamlet here mm-hmm. as the window to get in touch with our customers and meet f- new friends we've got the pop-up version which is like we've got food carts exactly the same as you the one as the ones you find in Peru yeah little wooden ones with a small wheels pretending that we are cart selling on the street but on different festivals yeah festivals like multicultural uh, the forage uh, we do handmade camera mm-hmm. uh, market and a few few other ones, and on the other hand, we also have the truck, uh, which goes for brand activations, corporate events. Lately, we've been doing a lot of wed- weddings, yep. sort of like market start weddings. That's really good. Cool. And yeah, and it's something like I was a bit uh, stoked by by the the way local people receive it. Like, yeah, trust me, out of my le- probably the last five customers or last last five couples they came f- because they went to a wedding all together yep. and they, they really liked what, they, what we did so by the time they wanted to get married they were like oh we want you too so really, so yeah and there was like five couples from there they're all friends and they like whoa and I was like
2: that's awesome me. yeah 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 and, and you know if, if, if someone wants to bring you along to, to provide the food for a wedding you know that those people think that it's something special
0: you know? yeah yeah and that's why we're trying to make it unique as well so yeah, yeah. it's not and the good thing is a lot of people already learned as well that street food like the first thing that may come to your mind when you think about street food is what are you going to serve me yeah uh i'm not saying just just a regular cliches like Oh, street food from South America. Oh, what are you going to serve? It's dirty? No, it's not.
2: <laughs> Mystery made. Uh,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> so how are you going to present it? And now when they see the way we present it, how much input we put, in, yeah. we put in every single dish we make, they were like, wow. that's And that's before they taste it. And then when they taste it, it's like, wow, well, yeah, we've exactly. got it. And yeah, and I think uh, we've been enjoying it, doing it. And yeah, so...
2: Cool. and, and happy, the dishes yeah. that you gave us today for the book do you want to tell us a bit about what they are sure
0: uh, as I say papa it's our sort of like besides the pork belly sandwich it's one of our signature dishes yeah. as well so it's a stuffed potato that you cook slowly we in this case we use uh Ceylon steak we just chop it put it on the pan we use a lot of chili jello chili Jello chili it's a uh an ingredient that you find in ninety nine point nine percent of the dishes in peru yeah so it's, it's we do it for the saute with onions uh put a bit of olives, put a bit of raisins as well, and we make a sort of like a stew mm-hmm. put a hard-boiled egg in it uh wrap it up with a potato dough put some uh panko bread which is Japanese yeah but as i say peru peru's food it's not hundred percent Peruvian, yeah exactly. it's all about an influence, yeah. we got influence from China, influence from Africa, influence from japan uh, from all parts of the world, so yeah, and that one it's one of the most popular ones, mm. and on the other hand, we did takutaku yeah takutaku it's a rice and beans pancake introduced by the Africans uh back in nineteen no eighteen sixty five from from what I remember uh, it was pretty much. dish that was made out of the leftovers
2: right Okay. so
0: yeah so you could make a pancake with that and then pork we use pork because (laughs) everyone loves pork and 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 its belly yeah and its belly yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's very tender so we do a bit of a process with that
2: but yeah a little bit sweet the marinade as well
0: yeah the marinade it's a bit of an Asian uh, fusion there yeah we do have the, the pork with some sake, some shoyu, mirin, and hondashi. Right. We do a reduction of it, and we simmer the pork into it. So then, when you eat it, you've got the onion sauce as well. So you've got a bit of citrus from the onion sauce side, then you get the sweetness mm. from the from the um, the caramelization of the pork. But also, you have the hondashi flavor, which brings a lot of umami as well mm. into it. So it's all of explosion there, which is good. Beautiful yeah, flavors, yeah. good textures as well. <laughs> yeah,
2: and I love the pancake. The it, it's sort of like um, it's like a Peruvian version of, of Bubble and Squeak something like you use these leftover vegetables or the leftover staples and then fry them up into a pancake that exactly. you can sort of serve with anything like and that's how <laughs> uh,
0: that's how it was born that dish as I mentioned like yeah. the, that was a dish because the Creole people who were the Creole people were the ones that used to it all how you say it all the livers all the intestines yeah, and the stuff awful awful yeah uh, and that's how Creole cuisine started. Mm. So, you got chi- uh, dishes like the anticuchos, the beef skewers, the mm. beef heart skewers. They were like out of it because by the time the conquerors were eating steaks and the sea loins and eye, eye fillets and stuff, they used to eat just the leftovers of everything. So, they had to be capable enough and very innovative to come up with decent uh, dishes. And that's yeah. how Peruvian food yeah. is like. Now that Peru has, has had a lot of influence and worldwide the, the cuisine is evolving, mm. Peru came along as well with a few things and a few restaurants as well with a very innovative cuisine mm. and especially discovering things or, re, or re, how to say they realized that we don't need to look into other cuisines such as French, Italian mm. and other ones nothing wrong with that but it's just to see what's in, in our house we've exactly. got the Amazon, we've got the forest we've got the country, we've got quinoa we've got f- f- like 200 types of potatoes so <laughs> what you can do people will be jelly at you like seeing like what you have
2: yeah.
0: and not being able to prepare so a lot of chefs get involved into it and they have they started to use the cuisine and the gastronomy as a tool to connect people. So mm. you break barriers. You don't have like social classes sa- saying like you're rich and poor. If you are in the kitchen and we're eating together, that's gone. We all share We're all Peruvians. We mm-hmm. were born in this land, so, right? So that's, you're able to taste it and no one is ever able to, to explain it as you. Because you were born here and you belong to this, yeah. so yeah, and that's what we try to to express to everyone. So that's awesome, man! <laughs> yeah. And it
2: must be great to have, you know, to take take your your culture and bring it to a place like Canberra, bring yeah. it to Australia, and and have people receive it in such a positive way. Yeah. It must be a good feeling.
0: Yeah, it's a great feeling, actually. Uh, I always say that things happen for a reason. Uh, a lot of people were saying, used to tell us not to come to Canberra. Yeah. First thing is like, come um, Canberra. It's boring. It's yeah. cold. First first year we were here with my wife, we were like, oh yeah, it's fine. But then the second year, and especially when my daughter was when she was born here, then I decided to make a life here. Yeah. And I started to see Canberra in a different way, and just to be part and get involved. With yeah, Canberra. exactly. I used to be just an spectator. Before. Well, exactly. Exactly. It's and up think, to you. Exactly. Yeah. And I think. That was the same position that a lot of Cambrians were before. Yeah. And now, look, you get so much fun here. I've got friends that live in South Australia, Sydney, Melbourne, that they want to live here. And they're looking for jobs to come here and to move here mm-hmm. because they think Canberra is cool.
2: That's amazing. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. wouldn't have heard about that five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Coming yeah. to Canberra because they yeah. think it's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And um, Carlos, you're off to Peru yeah. in a couple of weeks. Research trip. Exactly. Put uh, on some weight.
0: Now, uh, hopefully, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I just joined the gym like two weeks ago, so just to know be that obvious. Yeah. But views. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to Peru for two weeks. I've got already organized some um, classes, some cooking classes with a few friends, uh, some uh, mix- okay, mixology. Okay, yeah. yeah like cool. I love mixology and work with FISCO as well. Yeah few things that I've got on the book uh, to bring and put it in the catering and also for the food truck. I've got a few plans, uh, hopefully not too far, but just to, to open a sandwich place, but a Peruvian one, like yep. the ones you find in Peru, where you able just to get all the meats in front of you and get the, the people carving it in, in front of you, mm-hmm. but do it the same way. So people see what actually the way we make it. Yeah, and just make it a little, little place, nothing fancy, mm-hmm. but something big enough and small enough to show what we've got. That's and great. I reckon, I reckon that should work. So yeah, yeah that's cool. I think maybe two weeks going to be a bit short, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's <laughs> awesome, man. And
2: you know, like, if if your starting point from wanting to expand your business or do different things is you believe in in the cuisine that peru has to offer and you think that people will receive it well and you're proud of it then that's like that's it's from the heart you know and and i don't think you can go wrong so that's awesome so man thanks so much for your great dishes no thank you Stefan. Thanks for listening to my chat with Carlos from Mr. Papa. If you want to find out more info about them, you can visit their website, mrpapa.com.au, or you can find them on Facebook. If you want more of these podcasts, you can download the whole QuickSand Food connection on iTunes and Stitcher, or you can listen to it for free on our website, quicksandfood.com. If you want to keep in touch, you can find us on social media at QuickSand Food on Facebook and on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you again next time.
1: target.